workshop with my team to understand how we can change our project management uh, processes into more of a product management and an agile delivery. And suddenly I kind of was a product manager on my own initiative, on my own account. Good morning, listeners. That's Lauren, Senior Product Manager at Faith. Faith is a marketplace that allows you to purchase offers from various merchants in Southeast Asia and make payments via Faith Pay. One of the key questions I get asked a lot as a product manager is, how do you get into product management? In this podcast, we'll discuss with Lauren how to get started or pivot your career into product management. Also, today's recording is recorded from my good friend's office, which is actually our first physical setup. So thank you very much for having us, Jibin. Now back to the podcast. So today's podcast is actually something, uh, a question that I get bumped into really often is it's really how do you pivot your career into product management? And and I've met uh, Lauren uh, weeks ago where we actually discuss uh, things about product management and, and I got to know your background about product management, how you get into product management. So uh, it would be great for you to just, you know, give a background on how you actually got into product management before we actually go into the actual big stuff. Awesome, of course. Yeah, maybe just a little bit about myself so the audience also knows. Uh, I'm currently working at Faith, uh, the loyalty and payments app for consumers and merchants. I'm a senior product manager there working in the platforms team and I'm overseeing both the consumer and the merchant roadmap for our future uh, improvements. And uh, yeah, I'm originally from Germany, so people also ask me like, how, how did you end up in Malaysia? And I think one key thing is uh, I actually did not think four years ago when I started uh, in my first IT role that I would end up being a product manager. So right. I did not consciously pivot into product management, sure. but uh, maybe I can share a little bit. Uh, around four to five years ago, I was still engaged in my studies. I was on my uh, on my course to become a master's in biology, technical biology. Yeah, I heard that's, that's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah, so uh, my focus was bioinformatics, so I always had a little bit of the technical background, uh, teaching sure. myself to code and scripting a little bit. But uh, I thought I was going to be a researcher. Mm. Um, but around that time, I was also engaging in a student organization called ISEC. Yep. And the more I was doing there, I was just doing projects on the side, leading teams um, for different stuff, marketing operations, and the student organization is in the business of sending students abroad for um, internships. So that's professional internships or social internships. And uh, I was just seeing myself spending more and more time there and less and less on my studies. I didn't even realize it, uh, but reflecting upon it, I think uh, I learned that the, um, the academic world is not really something for me because the for you to, to get an impact, to sure. publish something, to get something out, you spend weeks and weeks and weeks on one small paper right. that puts such a little bump in the world. Maybe 10 people end up reading it and nobody really cares what it's about. Whereas in that organization, I uh, every little thing, I could immediately see the impact I was having on people, right. the teams I was leading or the students I was able to send abroad. And they opened up a position to join their full-time team for one year to do some, just some project management, which turned out to be IT projects. So that was the first time I really broke into, right. let's say, the world of IT, but with the management aspect. So I really liked the idea of um, understanding what are the business requirements, what people 
actually need to have what are the features and the software that you need to build sure um, so I was doing that for maybe six months uh, celebrating some successes but also having some struggles and I realized that when we were doing waterfall basically at the beginning of the year we set out these are all the things we are going oh, to waterfall. do waterfall yeah we had basically a meeting with all uh, the business teams what do you want because we have this many people this is our resources this is the amount of stuff we can get done in one year sure. and then we thought we would just yeah, set all the requirements and just go building and by the end of the year we would be done but at the six months mark we, we realized that's not really the way it works Ch- uh, requirements are changing we learn new stuff and then I was having a, a session with my team trying to figure out what went wrong why are we so much behind our plan why is nothing working the way we wanted it to work right. and that's when I did a little bit of research about how to do uh, software project management differently mm-hmm. and I found the idea of agile and scrum and the role of the product owner or product manager and I started reading into it and I really liked the idea so I did a workshop with my team to understand how we can change our project management uh, processes into more of a product management and an agile delivery and suddenly I kind of was a product manager on my own initiative on my own account of course my job description was still project manager IT project manager but doing that then for six months I realized man I'm not going to go back to university. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to keep Wait, doing. You were doing all of this when you were still in uni? Yeah, so I oh, basically okay. told my professor, hey, I have this awesome opportunity. I'm going to be gone for a year, but I'll come back, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so then I uh, did that for one year, really, really thinking, yeah, I would go back. But then um, inside that same organization, Isaac, uh, I realized there were more opportunities for me to, to continue in this, this path and I like that's the moment I realized when I when I realized I really want to do this. This is going to be my career shift. I tried I tried planning into it because of course I cannot just do one year in some NGO and then think oh now I can be hired as a product manager suddenly right. in the real world. So that's when I thought to myself, okay, I'm gonna have to have like two three years experience under my belt. How can I do it? How can I go from this one uh, one year experience of where I sort of did some agile. Uh, project management or agile product development uh, how can I do go from there into having the experience under my belt to to make it into that to make that career pivot gotcha so like um, just to go back a little bit when you said you did a workshop with your team about agile right so do you actually implemented agile when you were in Isaac at mm-hmm. that time like successfully uh, implemented like a scrum master and product owner Exactly, exactly. So we had the help of one of our partners who is basically doing agile consultancy. So we invited one very senior guy to uh, run us through the whole process of understanding why do we want to do agile? What is, is it actually the right thing for us? Because of course, people usually look at agile thinking, oh, I can do, I can build things faster. Uh, but of course, that's, that's not necessarily how it goes. What you end up doing is you build the right things. Um, faster the right things faster you you shorten the time it takes you to mm-hmm. learn what is the right thing and then <clears throat> you can achieve your goal that's definitely going to be another topic because a lot of people think about agile as just a way to get things faster but not necessarily get things right faster exactly yeah so um i i i'm sure we will have a a deep conversation about that but yeah um just i, I was just curious about on that itself yeah so I think what we did back then is we really segmented down what are the problems that we're trying to solve 
and uh, we used Scrum as our methodology for agile implementation. But we didn't think of, okay, how can we be 100% Scrum? How can we translate the whole Scrum guide 100% into our processes, but actually picking what are the things that will work for us and what are the things that might not work. Um, so it was, we, we went from uh, waterfall into agile, mm -hmm. um, using Scrum as a guideline, but still going into things what, that work for us, basically. So like when you got into product management, uh, did you know what were the prerequisites uh, to get into a product, like uh, the must-haves, or you just naturally built it up and just, you know, just stumble on, stumble on the right things along the way? Yeah, so I think um, when I think about being a product manager, I think of being sort of a product leader. And um, I don't know how much you know about leadership theories. There's the, there's the idea of our leadership needs to be autocratic or democratic sure. or laissez-faire. And what is the most effective leader? Whereas I think uh, leadership, also in product, is very much situational. So it really depends on what are the key outsets that you, that you start with. What's your team? What's the company culture like? And dependent on that, I think uh, you will need to uh, adjust your approach. But um, for me, I think what helped me uh, break into product management is that generally I'm quite disciplined and structured. So that helps me uh, easily analyze what are all the problems, uh, problem sets that I'm starting with. What am I doing here? Uh, I, take a time, I take the time to reflect and really understand uh, what's the problem and how, how can I approach it in every given situation. So that doesn't that uh, forces me to yeah, take a step back and not think, oh, I know all the answers already but uh, take an analytical approach in how can I, uh, how can I tackle this problem. Um, second of all, I think uh, I'm in general a very curious person. So that's also how I got into biology. I wanted to understand how the world works. And if you want to break into product management, it's very easy to think of, oh, my, my only role is to deliver the, the product and just take whatever people are giving me, translate it into requirements and work with the engineers yep. to deliver it. But if you really want to be a good product manager, it's uh, about understanding why are we doing this and really digging into it, asking the right questions, um, getting to the root of the problem. Because in the end, your responsibility is not to own the solution, but to own the problem and then design the best solution around that with all your key stakeholders. So I think uh, having these traits uh, are what really helped me break into, into product management. Yeah. But let's say if uh, you are a... Let's say you're a, uh, a student and you want to jump into an associate product manager role or a junior product manager role, right? So, like, what are the hard skills that you need to have? Or maybe maybe not even a student, right? Or you're, you're just in a different role. You're in a uh, tech role or you're in a design role. Like, what are the hard skills that makes you a successful PM? Yeah, uh, for... <clears throat> To understand this better, uh, maybe it's good if I explain how I like to break. break oh yeah, for sure. Go for it. The role, the responsibilities of a associate product manager versus a product manager or versus a senior product manager or even head of product. Yeah. Because um, basically the work can be divided into your operational, tactical, and strategic strategic work. When you think about uh, operational or tactical, it's all about understanding the business requirements, being able to write proper. Um, the proper uh, user stories, translating it into the tickets so that engineers know how to implement them and just owning the process, making sure you deliver product efficiently. 
Whereas the more senior you go, uh, your work becomes more strategic, then uh, it goes away from the process and you need to focus more on the product. How does, the, how does it fit into the business strategy, your company strategy, uh, as well as understanding how do you influence people? How do you communicate better um, to basically get your goal across the whole organization? The, the more senior you go, the, your influence goes less from uh, building one specific product versus building the whole uh, product organization and all product lines. So when I think about breaking into product management as an associate PM, probably you need to focus much more on your operational skills. So how, how do you do your day-to-day -day product delivery? Because that's what, what people are going to ask from you when they, uh, when they interview you. Probably they're gonna, so they, they won't be expecting that you haven't been a product manager before, but they're gonna be looking for those experiences. Those skill sets, yeah. Yeah, and the experience and opportunities where you might have uh, exhibited those skill mm -hmm. sets. And if I were to drill it down to a few hard skills, I think one is um, your ability to write clearly, document and write clearly in a clear structure. Uh, as an associate product manager, one of your key responsibilities would probably be to draft out the product requirements. And if you, um, if you spend the time in the beginning of your, of your role, in, in the beginning of a project or the, a product delivery, really uh, spending the time writing in a well-structured way and communicating your thoughts that will uh, save you time at the end of the life cycle. You won't have to uh, interact a lot with engineers anymore because basically everything is prepared. And in, that is what people are going to test, for, uh, test you in the interview process. They're going to give you cases yep. and uh, probably you, you're going to have a case study that you need to prepare or they're going to do a whiteboard challenge with you and in that you will have to show this, this kind of communication skill that you're able to break a problem down into clear steps. Um, I think the next thing that I would like to highlight is data analytics. Um, that's something you, you probably do in all kinds of roles. I mean, I was in biology, I learned how to work with Excel, I learned how to work with statistical software. And as a product manager, that's one of the key requirements. People are going to need you to not only take the requirements and say, this is what we're going to build, but actually understand all the data points behind it, understand uh, why something is working, why something is not working, and not be afraid to really dig into the data and yeah, understand that. And lastly, I think something that uh, all of us probably have a little bit is an understanding of user experience. I mean, you and I, mm -hmm. we all use apps, we use platforms, we use websites, or whatever kind of product manager you are going to be, even if it's a physical product. If you want to be a product owner in the car industry, you, you probably drove a car before. So I think you need to have a good understanding of what works and what doesn't work in the space that you're in. And that's what they're going to be testing you. They're going to ask you things like, what's your favorite product and why? And then you need to be able to clearly explain what is the user experience, but also what are maybe trade-offs, things that they're not doing well. Why, are, why did they choose right. not to do that? Right. Yeah. So like the, the, the second point that you mentioned was data analytics in terms of hard skills, right? So when, uh, when you're talking about data analytics, are you, are you also saying that as a associate PM, uh, if you're going into uh, the PM track, then you have to pick up uh, skills like SQL to, to write SQL, to then query uh, any data lake that the company has, whatnot. So is that what you're referring to? I think... Uh, or just generally digesting an Excel sheet and making sense of the information that, uh, that you're given. Yeah, maybe from a high-level point, um, you, need, you, you shouldn't be afraid of data. So it doesn't mean that you need to know SQL. But it could be that it's a requirement that eventually you will learn SQL in your job. Yeah. So you need to just be able to exhibit uh, an understanding of how data works. 
what are different data structures what you should be able to know what's a database how can you how can you get information you might not need to write SQL in your company because there's a data team that is sure. able to do that for you but they're going to give you raw data but most of the time they're always busy man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean if you put SQL on your job description that's already a super good point they're, they're going to really appreciate that yep so uh, just for the listeners right uh, SQL is uh, a uh, language a coding language where you would use it to query data in any data sets or data lake uh, data pool that your company have to to understand better of the data so I, um, this this skill set has been pretty popular uh, in the coming uh, days of uh, PM I've seen a lot of PMs that uh, are either required to have a uh, SQL skills I think um, not mistaken, like a lot of PMs in either Monzo or Revolut um, in Europe, like a core skill set of a PM is to query data and to make sense of the data. So um, one of the things that I've always been really curious of is that um, while most PMs can query data or they would um, understand the data, but not many would know how what, what to do next. Yeah, so it's one thing to query data, but it's another thing to understand the data and to strategize on what's what's next. Like um, the f the first thing, the first part of querying data is just a hard skill. The second thing it's about another hard skill where you strategize and then influence the stakeholders to say, hey, this is what's gonna be the next big vertical or whatnot. Why are we not looking into this? Yeah, but I think. Um, as an associate PM, uh, I think uh, querying data is something very important. Yeah, I think point. also for your audience, uh, the guys who, who want to understand how they become a, can become a product manager, uh, I don't know, it, maybe you can you can help me in the Asian market, like if you break into Asian oh, yeah, product sure. management. But in Europe, uh, actually one of the roles that you would have before becoming a product manager is that of a data analyst. Like a lot of my friends that are now product managers, they started out they just taught themselves SQL and that was already yep. one of the key prerequisites to become yep. a data analyst or product analyst, business analyst. The mm. title can change, but in the end, uh, having this key understanding, not only how do you draw out data, but how do you turn it into information, valuable information. And for that, yeah, as you were saying, you don't. it's not only about being able to draw out data, but really understand how does the data fit into the product journey that you're trying to build and the key problems that your users have that mm -hmm. you're trying to solve for them. I see. So um, there's another point about data because I think the data that we were we were discussing it's really um, really the core data sets of the whole org, right? But there's another pool of data where it's more behavioral. So where you use, uh, where you determine things like what's the conversion rate for a button, or what's the conversion rate for a specific copy. So those uh, data sets, it's really different. Is it? Pre, uh, really different from uh, the existing data pool sets that we have. I don't know if you measure those kind of things at Faith. Yes, yes, we definitely do. So one is more like the transactional data. So mm -hmm. whenever uh, something that a user does needs to be reflected in your database, did they pay? What's the transaction amount, the volume? All of these things will be reflected in your normal operational database. And this is more like um, to understand how's your business performance. But if you go, as you were saying, really yep. to the behavioral data, your database will not reflect whether a person clicked on a button yeah, for sure. uh, 
because it was positioned in a certain way or the copy mm-hmm. was a certain way. For this, uh, usually companies go into a different route, implementing different sort of uh, software, like there's your Clever Tab or your Amplitude, these kind of uh, analytical softwares where basically it is all about event tracking of yeah. what's happening in your inside your product. And I think that's something probably very much specific to product management. You wouldn't have the experience of doing that in a different role, but I think um, um, that doesn't that doesn't shouldn't stop anyone from from figuring it out, from looking into it, and just understanding how would you track a certain journey. Because I think a lot of times, uh, as, uh, at least my challenge is, I want to figure something out, and I realized we didn't track that. Uh, that's actually one of the core skills, understanding what you need to track, but also what yep. you shouldn't track. Because of course, in the end, we would always love to put tracking for everything. But if I if I would give my engineers uh, the task to implement tracking, and I want to cover 100%, then all that they're doing is doing tracking. And the only person they're then delivering value for is me, not for the end user. Sure. So it's always a trade-off of what do I need to track and how much, but then... Uh, not not leaving out things that you might uh, need to be tracking in the future. And you can't track everything. It's it's super expensive. Yeah, of course. Also, there's the the quotas that you have always. Yeah, the 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 clever type quotas. Man, that that's that's really expensive. So, uh, another thing that uh that you mentioned um uh that an associate PM needs to have is also uh communication. Yeah. Definitely. So. Communication is not just about speaking English properly, right? Because I think everyone can speak at least a decent level of uh, English. It's about communicating something very simple and straightforward in uh, in the less complex way of saying things uh, in a requirement, for example. So how do actually... Uh, a student or someone who's already a working professional be able to craft their communication skills uh, well well enough yeah uh, maybe on the first point that you mentioned that all of us know English yeah actually I've heard a lot of times uh, from people that want to break into product management that they are very self-conscious about their level of oh, English. really and then they think oh as a product manager my key my key responsibility is to communicate so that's probably nothing for me because my English is not good and mm-hmm. people would have this kind of concern so I think um, that shouldn't be a concern first of all I think yep. um, because in my opinion communication is not only a soft skill it actually can be a hard skill if you really learn what are the ins and outs of communication there are actually frameworks that you can follow that help you always uh, get your point across in a uh, efficient manner one that I like to use actually in almost everything that I do, if yep. it's from one sentence that I need to write on Slack to a slide set or a product requirements document that I need to craft, is always going uh, with the golden circle that you might know from Simon Sinek or other uh, places, mm-hmm. which is the idea that communication becomes powerful if you start from why, why? and yep. then you go to how and then how you go and to what. what? So yep. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, how are we going to do it and what are we going to be doing in specific yep. or when I'm communicating why am I saying what am I going to say then I think about how am I going to uh, say it or what are they and then when I think about the what what are the kind of examples that sure. I can give um, this just uh, whenever you, you want to communicate um, you just uh, do a mental check if you're checking all of these boxes and structure your sentences around that way 
that can already be the big game changer. That's that's a very interesting point uh, uh, with the golden circle. Uh, I think most people would usually jump to the how and what. Or just the what. Yeah, or just the what, but not really understanding the why because actually the why is the most important, right? So uh, what other soft skills that you deem that is essential for any person jumping into PM? Um, so I think, um, I'm not sure if you would call it a soft skill, but I was mentioning before that there are like these three different areas of what a product manager yeah. needs to cover. We already mentioned the kind of like operational process, your data yeah. analytics, UX, yeah. uh, being able to talk to engineers and write the, um, like the specifications, the requirements. We also talked already about communication, which is like your stakeholder influencing, working with people. Uh, but I think the last one that is probably a very difficult one is like your business understanding, the business acumen. So that's something for people that have never worked in a business owner or product owner role before. It's probably the hardest trying to understand what are the like the units of economics when it comes yep. to your product. How does your product actually make money? Um, how do you price the product? How do you price the product? Can you issue promo codes? What's your marketing budget? Mm-hmm. All these kind of questions. This is really when you uh, when you take the most ownership over your product and you start managing it from end to end, not only in a sort of I deliver software, but actually I deliver value and uh, not only to the end user, but to the company value in terms of dollars in the end. That's that's usually when you hold PNL, right? You hold PNL responsibility. Well, PNL uh, for the listeners, PNL is profit and loss. So um, uh, those skill set. How how do the only way that I can think of someone acquiring those skill set uh, at the early days, if you're in uni or you're a professional, is to either do a side gig, to just start your own business and you know. A research and go through the motion of how you actually start a business because that's how you actually grow your business acumen yeah right uh, so I haven't had that experience <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think uh, one route that a lot of people also do is to go to business school because yep. that probably so I'm, I'm doing also a master's in business administration right now because sure. I really found that something that I'm lacking this kind of business acumen so I'm also trying to, to get that so um, I think Going to business school might not be uh, an option for everyone, but some a trend that I've observed is a lot of these micro, um, like uh, micro credentials. There's a lot of mini courses that you can do online. Uh, if you go to websites like Udemy or others, you can basically build your own uh, MBA program together with uh, small affordable courses that also can give you that knowledge. I see. Well, the um, the ad tech the ad tech industry is now booming obviously because uh, most people are taking uh, courses uh, from the internet or there's a lot of learning platforms like Udemy, uh, LinkedIn Learning, uh, etc. So one uh, one of the my favorite one right now is Datacam where I'm pretty much using it almost every day to learn different uh, data, data type of uh, courses. What other avenues or key learning places that's that that you know of that's uh, free for the listeners you know to jump in you can straight away learn the essential things yeah one that i really uh, like to recommend to friends that are just trying to hone their tech skills so yep. not necessarily for product management but generally just want to learn how do they talk to engineers and understand how how does the internet work what that is code academy 
Yes. So they have a lot of premium courses. They're quite pricey, but they also have a few introductionary courses. So if you want to learn more about SQL, but also how HTML, CSS, or JavaScript, mm -hmm. what basically powers the all modern websites, if you mm -hmm. want to understand how that works, you can just do a course that will take you maybe one week or two weeks to complete, free of charge, and really gets you going writing code for you on your own for the first time with zero setup. Because the cool thing is um, the coding happens inside the browser and they immediately evaluate yep. whether your code is right or wrong. Yep. And this kind of immediate feedback loop helps you understand and learn quite fast, which is very cool. But PMs do not need to write code. Just It's just about uh, understanding and speaking the engineer's language, right? You don't need to write code at all. Yes, uh, I think that also depends on where you are landing. True, 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 true. I think um, if, you, if you're applying at your Google or Facebook, actually for a product manager, it will be required to understand and be able to read code. So they would even give you coding, like whiteboard coding challenges. So it's not about really writing, working software code that you can plug into uh, yep. the source code and it runs, but more like how does, how does software work? Being able to understand the logic, uh, how, the, how would an engineer write a certain function? How would they get a certain job across? Because that just brings you on the same level uh, of an engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the reason why it is important to understand uh, this is a lot of times uh, as, an, as a product manager, you need to make trade-offs uh, between uh, technical depth. So basically, are you doing something the right way on a software level or are you going to do it the fast way? Mm -hmm. There can be trade-offs that may be the maintainability and the future time that is needed to invest to yep. keep your software running might be higher. And for this kind of trade-offs, uh, engineers would maybe not want to explain to you because they're afraid you wouldn't understand. Yep. Um, so here what I learned as an engineer, uh, how I, what I learned with talking to engineers is always ask why. So why can we not do it? Or why is that a problem? And at one point, they will need to get technical for it, you to understand, for, for them to be able to explain it to you. And I think that you shouldn't just drop off and say, okay, I don't understand it, you're right, uh, we do whatever you say. You should uh, be able to understand what, what is going on, what are they going to do, and what are the trade-offs. So for that, I think being able to understand uh, how coding works is quite important. When, when you say it like understanding coding, uh, it's really just understanding the functions, right? The, the functions of the scripting or... Uh, the code itself, but um, uh, as uh, that that seems more like a technical product manager, like the route of a technical product manager, right? Like if you're uh, if you're just jumping into product management, I mean it's good that if you if you understand code, but that's really uh, if you are yourself a developer jumping into product management, then that that would be a a straight on choice to jump into technical program management because you know you could you could actually validate like what you said the technical depth or or things that you need to understand to make trade-offs yeah so i don't think i would call myself for example a technical product manager we mm -hmm. do have technical product managers at faith these are the guys that are working with payments and mm -hmm. their responsibilities are less about delivering user experiences, but for example, delivering fast payments. Fast payments. So they need to make trade-offs uh, on an infrastructure level and they right. really need to understand it. Like they, they actually <laughs> understand every single line of code sure. uh, and they need to help the engineers make those trade-offs. So in my case, uh, I don't think it's it needs to go that technical. It's more like understanding um, what is what is a server, what is an API, right. how does an API communicate sure, with, sure. with your front end? What's the difference between front end and back end? Why do I need an Android and an iOS engineer? 
which parts might not be done by native engineers when you have a mobile application, but you actually need a web developer for. There's like there's a lot of uh, things, that, like a lot of uh, details of how your actual working software ends up being that piece of software yep. that you just need to understand how it ties together so you don't miss out on things or you are able to make those trade-offs. I see. So that, that really allows um, a uh, person to jump into associate uh, product management pretty quickly because um, I think once you have the fundamental... Uh, coding skill sets it really helps you to deliver value because you're not there to just uh, learn like I um, there's one article that I, I read some time ago where it actually takes product managers uh, a longer ramp up time compared to other uh, career uh, career roles so if you're a career role in like marketing or finance or whatnot you could actually jump and start delivering value because the job description is pretty straightforward you are supposed to do a specific task but product management is just so wide right like i've always like in any new org that i've gone into like i have to understand things from like how the product is built and the fastest way to understand how the product is built is to go to the infra level to understand the structure of the product itself and that allows um that really allows you to deliver value faster essentially um that's that's actually a pro tip right speak to your engineers on your first day if you can and talk to them understand how things uh works and i think uh i'll, I'll let you take the another question of you know if you are already in the role of an associate uh product manager or junior product manager what can you do like on your first 100 days like what's the most important thing to do I love that one. Uh, there's actually a book called Your First 90 Days that I read oh, cool. in preparation for my first 90 days. Um, so uh, I think it really depends, first of all, what are your goals are? What is your outset? Because you might be coming, as you were saying, from a technical role and you really understand all the technicals already, but you are lacking the UX understanding or the mm -hmm. business understanding. So what I like to do is um, I, I assess myself or yep. when we have a new product manager coming in, I would sit down with that person and we assess, assess that person. At Faith, for example, we have a growth competency model that splits the responsibility of a product manager first into people, process and product, the three areas yeah, I was also mentioning. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Then each of these pieces has more competencies like, okay, for collaboration, stakeholder collaboration, collaboration with UX design, etc. But here, I think you can rely on the organization you're going into to have something like that. But then basically just assess yourself across that board, like knowing what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, and then building a plan for uh, the next year or the next six months, um, how to get there for yourself, but also for your product. So understanding the weaknesses, your, your own weaknesses and your product's weaknesses. And in order to do that uh, for yourself, um, probably you can compare yourself to other product managers in the organization. Because if you haven't been a product manager before, it will be very hard for you to assess yourself. What I've seen is people either are super confident and they give themselves super high scores, or yep. people are very pessimistic or they don't want to be uh, regarded as a show off and they give themselves very low scores. So doing a peer assessment or comparing yourself to others, that will help you. And then you just build your plan with your uh, manager. In terms of assessing your product, I think I really like what you said earlier that on your first day you should talk to engineers. Actually, you shouldn't just talk to engineers, you should talk to everyone that has a stake inside your product. 
So you, you would probably end up drawing out uh, what is the, the ideal user journey, but then you plug in what is the business team doing at any given point in time? What is your operations team doing? What's the marketing team doing? Then you kind of build an overall map of your product and then it really allows you to understand where are the bottlenecks or where are the things that are working well. And from that on, you kind of can already build your, your plan on how to move forward. But uh, I don't think uh, it's, it's wise to go into the role kind of like what the company usually asks you to do in your uh, application processes, like do a case study. And then you, you think you know already what's going on, like you know yep. this needs to change. Uh, but actually the people you, that are there working there, they have all the, they probably have more information and more experience. So there will be reasons why they haven't done this thing that you think is so obvious that they should be doing. So um, I think for the first 90 or 100 days, it's really about just understanding you, should, you don't have to make crazy plans that you're going to build a new product or you do a revamp or whatever. You just are there to understand, get the ropes, maybe deliver one, two successful small iterations on your product. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you can set out and build the big plans, the, the, big crazy, plans, yeah. the crazy things you want to be doing. I think one of the things that I'd like to add here is that um, in your first 100 days, um, you could actually build your backlog already by speaking to customer service. Cause most of the time, customer service uh, already have a lot of customer problems actually that that customers are actually uh, facing. They are the first line of uh, customer service are the first line of uh, contact to the customers, and most of the time they themselves have already a backlog. So by understanding uh, your customer service, you actually understand more about your product and the problems that your product face, and hence you are able to build the backlog to then. Um, to then build your first iteration or your second and so forth yeah so um, that's pretty much on on our podcast which is how you can actually jump into um, being an associate uh, program manager and i really want to thank uh, lauren who is uh, a senior pm at faith for um sharing this uh, beautiful sunday afternoon with me recording this podcast here and before, before we go off, there's, I think one thing that uh, most people should always do is to actually read a book. And I think that's the fastest, that's actually the fastest way to learn. Um, I just want to know what would be a book recommendation that, that you have in mind or it's a book that you have been reading. Can it just be one or multiple? Uh, I, yeah, I think, yeah, let's do multiple. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually, you had asked me this question before. Oh, yeah. This preparation, so I was actually reflecting um, and reflecting the journey. Like, what are the key books sure. that helped me along my journey of now four years in product management? Um, and there's actually a couple that I'd like to mention. I think if you're really just trying to understand what product management is about, uh, I would look at the company of Intercom, who is one mm -hmm. of the major big players in being a product-driven company. They are publishing books on anything that they're doing, and they're kind of the key thought leaders. Is it like e-books or exactly? Like they're e for free, so okay. you just right. need to Google Intercom on starting up oh, or okay. Intercom on product management, and these two, they sure. kind of give a broad overview of what it's like to run your own company or be in a startup, which gives you kind of the business acumen that we were mentioning before, mm -hmm. but also intercom and product management gives you a broad understanding of what are the key things a product manager needs sure. to do. But it's very much focused on the product. What are the, uh, what are the things you need to do to deliver one successful product? 
However, product manager has a lot of different other responsibilities outside of just delivering that one product. It's like uh, managing stakeholders or managing engineers, collaboration, all of these uh, soft skills will, will not be mentioned there. And for that one, I actually like uh, escaping the build trap from Melissa ah, Perry. Melissa Perry, yes. That's so good. That's a, a good one. Yeah, it just it's even a really good one. Even if you're not a product manager, you will oh, really yes. understand what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. She goes into a lot of detail uh, of, like, it's very practical. It yep. gives you hands-on tools that you can implement. Mm -hmm. So for even for experienced product managers, can just uh, help uh, broaden your horizon on things that you might not be doing, but that you could be doing. Um, but I think these books, probably experienced or seasoned product managers would already know them. And I think uh, as a product manager, it's also important to always read outside of the area of product management yep. and just learning more about how people think or how you can become better as a, uh, just in managing yourself. That is also very important. So one that I really like is how to win friend, uh, how to win friends, how to win and friends and influence yeah, something, influence and people. Yes, by Dale Carnegie. Uh, yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yes, it's a little bit outdated. Like the yeah, it's, a, it's actually a really old book. Hundred years, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's super old, man. But the principles they still yeah. they still they work. still hold yeah. today. Yeah. So that's a it's also a quick read. So a re big recommendation. And the last one is Essentialism by Greg McEwan. Right. Uh, that one just teaches you a lot about how instead of trying to do uh, a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, focus on one thing and then deliver one big win, which is also one thing that product managers usually struggle with, yep. that they are stretched too thin and people want them to do everything at the same time. Um, so it's more about how can you un how, uh, understanding what is the one thing that can deliver the most value. How do you say no? How do you say no also? How do you say no? Big topic inside it. So big recommendation also for non-product managers mm -hmm. that might be listening. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for the books that you have suggested. And I really do hope uh, you listeners uh, check out uh, the books that uh, Lauren have uh, recommended. It will definitely uh, help you. And I think one of the core books that uh what lauren uh that you just said is um escaping the build trap i think uh that book itself is extremely valuable and i think it should be something that every uh, product person should read and pick up the book i think you can like pick it up in like kinokuniya or or mph i'm not sure if you have it in mph but yeah you can pick it up on uh kinokuniya so thanks for joining me this afternoon, Lauren. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Hey listeners, thanks for listening. If you like what you have been listening to, subscribe to us on Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay safe and have a great day.